What's up, guys? Welcome to episode seven of Euphoria. I'm your host, Daniel Dracos, joined by, as always, Martin DeFiscio Lunga. This is the show about all things EU West. EU West. Wow. EU LCS. We're starting West. strong today. We don't talk about the Northern No. Not today. All right, we're going to be doing a couple different things. We're going to be trying a new segment called Viable. We're going to be doing some more playoff predictions. We'll be doing our uh, quick shots as well, our quick fire prediction segment. And our special topics of the day are patch 8.4 and a deep dive on our special guest, Yankos. Yankos, welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm really happy to be there. Nice PR statement over here. <laughs> Hello. I respect that. <laughs> I'm such a nice guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. you're the nice. I'm kind of a nice guy, though. It's kind of true, no? I yeah, mean, it's kind of you're true. Pretty nice, I have yeah. never had any issues with you, ever. I don't think so, at least. Have you ever been mad at me? Or have I been mad at you? Probably no, not. No, I, I don't think so. Yeah. But I was never mad at anyone. Oh, okay. From ULCS. You were never mad at another player? I mean, maybe, if, I mean, not really. I mean, why would I? It's like kind of everyone likes the same thing. Everyone likes League of Legends. So there is no reason. I mean, I was mad at my teammates. But I was never mad at other players. Okay. See, very wholesome. I like it. You've been called many things in the past. There's a First Blood King. We'll talk about First Blood King later. But I also feel like you're the new king of mic check in that every week we hear you <laughs> spouting different things. Like last week was, I can play any jungler with smite. No! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I just... Um, normally, when uh, it's my day-by-day basis, I don't drink coffee. I drink black tea. or uh, Well, in the past, I did. The drink coffee or drink coffee uh, but lately I changed to just drink a little bit of black tea so I don't have so much caffeine and then it boosts me on LCS days and then I'm a guy that can talk non-stop and especially when I'm excited when I'm excited I can just sit and, and just like and I, I cannot shut my mouth you know like even um, this week or last week when we were playing against Splice or um, or against the uh, Giants, Perks asked me, like, hey, dude, can you shut your mouth for 30 seconds? Like, please, I, <laughs> hey, like, I need to be quiet. Like, can you just shut your mouth ah. for 30 seconds, 30 seconds? Like, please be quiet. Like, my head is exploding. And I was like, hey, you know what? Every single one of my previous te- teammates asked me the same thing. Like, can I be sh- quiet on stage for a little? So, uh, yeah. And uh, I, will, uh, I will tell all the viewers right now that... Jankos already drank his coffee. Oh yeah. This, this morning. Is gonna be, uh... This is going to be one of those where he will talk probably nonstop for two hours. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm glad to hear that Perks told you to stay quiet for at least a moment <laughs> because I was kind of talking to Dragos about that, being like, if you have a player who for the entire pregame is just constantly talking, at some point, you you, you must lose focus. Like, you and also your teammates, or they want to discuss something important about the game, and you're just screaming about, like, whatever crazy <laughs> stuff. Like, there must be at some yeah. point where it's like, okay, Yankos, you're now muted. Uh, like, <laughs> everyone else gets to talk for a while. Yeah, I, I just... Sometimes I just kind of say things that, uh, you know, my, my tongue... Just, just like, like screaming out of me, kind of like it's, it's weird because normally I don't, I, I don't think about like what I'm saying. I mean, I do, I do normally when I, I want to say something smart, but usually I don't want to say something smart because mm. I don't say smart stuff. I'm just not the kind of person. But welcome to the EU <laughs> podcast, <laughs> feeling right at home. Uh, so how? I yeah, I'm just sitting on stage and then you know talking and making mm-hmm. the mood like better, you know, like more chill, less, uh, less kind of uh, serious. There you go. I like it. I think it's a good strategy. Uh, apparently, though, that doesn't. It's not just on stage where you make the mood less serious because we have multiple of your previous teammates asking us very specific and questions. Teammates. Yeah, previous and current. 
asking you uh, some pretty personal questions. We have more Twitter questions later in the podcast. We thought we'd start with just one, you know, get the ball rolling a little bit. So for a hard-hitting analytical question here from your teammate Perks, uh, why do you always grab his right boob when he's playing solo queue? I don't think it's always right boob. Sometimes it's left boob. <laughs> but, so, um, it's just that I need synergy with my teammates, right? And... You know, <laughs> it just happens naturally that I need to know, you know, if he's happy playing solo queue or... Oh, so you're basing on the nipple. <laughs> the, okay. It's more the nipple you're going for. Yeah, See if I mean, he's excited. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, you know when he's sitting there and playing, you know, next to his desk, I don't, I can't really do anything. Is he ever more. happy or excited then when he's yeah happy. I mean I think he gets really happy when I do it I mean maybe he always screams at me or maybe doesn't scream at me but he kind of pretends to be mad but I'm sure that on the inside he's really happy and he he knows that I remember about him you know and um, mm. it was a similar story with Fabi then um, that I was trying to like build my synergy with Fabi as well so I would always grab him by two nipples instead of one and what's impressive here is I've been to the old H3K gaming house and the setup you guys had actually had you sitting next to Odo Amne and then mm -hmm. a wall on the other side so you mm -hmm. had to basically turn around stand up and actually walk to get to Fabi's desk in order to do this so mm -hmm. you it wasn't just a random thing where you're just sitting down you actually had to do something in order to go grab his Oh, I mean, <laughs> later on, we changed the setup and I was uh, sitting next to the toilet, so it I had to walk to the other part of they the room. They decided to put you next I, to the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> uh, but it's more like, uh, you know, I sit next to Perks now. So sometimes I watch him in the solo queue or, you know, I watch him play Fortnite and uh, it just happens naturally. Uh, but uh, when it comes to February, though, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... Just you know, we have some fun. And this was I keep in I mind, like we, we live <laughs> six or five men in in a single gaming house for like you know the past three four years. Like sometimes you just got to have some fun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is what oh happens apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't everyone. You told me that you could talk about literally anything, Yankos. And here we go. You've already proven it because you could probably give me, I feel like, another 10 minutes. And you're even worse to visual because you're talking about the specific mechanics of it. Hey, hey I'm, just, uh, a I'm painting a picture theme. here for the viewers. It's a podcast. <laughs> All they can do is listen. And we got to put an image in their head. Yeah, but it's not that sexual, though. I just stand up and I just walk up to him and I just grab his nipple. Yeah, that's an okay. But not like soft way, like hard way. But it's because like, you or know, like, it's what's that called? Like, uh, but not nipple, like, nipple twister. Yeah, kind of, but I don't twist it. I just like grab it and then he knows I'm there and then I just walk off. And then he knows that I care about him kind of, you know? He knows that, you know what? Like you're playing solo queue, but I didn't forget about Have you. Have you ever just said it with words like, I care about you, I appreciate you instead of maybe the nipple part? I, I know, no, you know, I'm not really good at compliments. That's okay. Okay. Sometimes you nonverbal communication. We all have weaknesses, you know. Yeah, That's exactly. how as long as other, as long as they're down with it, man, you keep doing you. Yeah, I just, you know, sometimes I just grab boobs, but not. I don't be scared of you. <laughs> don't be scared, Rakos. Like, You're sitting too far away, anyway. So yeah, exactly. It's all good, Yankos. It's all I good. have to stand up and. This is a, it's a safe so. place, man. We're just having a good time. All right, guys, we're gonna be trying a new segment this week. Uh, it's called Viable, uh, and how this is going to work is, as you know, competitive meta is pretty small, and I'm gonna try to help. Help the people at home. I'm gonna help. We're gonna help expand the competitive meta, folks. And how we're gonna do this is, I'm gonna give a list of four champions to Deficio and Yankos. So they're each gonna pick one of the four champions, and I'm gonna give them 90 seconds 
to convince me that that champion could be viable in competitive play. They can argue however they want, use whatever tactics, tell me about scrims, anything to convince me that one of these champions is viable and can be used. Whoever has the better argument at the end will be picked as the winner Wait, of the week. Wait, this is competition now. Oh, yeah. you got to oh, give so me the nice. best okay, argument. Okay. Best mm. argument. All right, so I'm going to list the four champions. I'm going to give you each a chance to pick one, and then we'll start. All right? So whoever, I will make a rule because first pick has more options that they have to go first too. Okay. Okay. So who got first pick? You're gonna get first pick this week, Tafishio, because I want you. To, I want you to. I'm set always the stage. last. I want Finally. you to set the stage. I want you to set the stage. So this week's champion, chosen completely by trying to find the worst champions in the game, are Amumu, Garen, Aatrox, and Trindamir. So you pick first. He picks first. Okay. Picks second, and then Tafishio gets. Okay, I'm ready. And it's for competitive use. You have to convince me that it's viable in competitive play. Any means necessary. Ooh, I'm either on Garen or Aatrox. Because, uh, like, Aatrox could technically work. I'm going Garen for go mine. I mean, I got so much experience <laughs> playing him in solo queue. I'm pretty confident I can make Garen work in competitive. Okay. okay. Well, since I'm a jungler, I can choose between Aatrox and Amumu. And uh, I will go with Amumu, though, yeah. Okay, Amumu. okay, okay. Amumu, so, yeah. Deficio, you're going to get to go first. I have a timer in front of me. Okay. Are you ready? How much do we have? Like, you have what, a minute and 30 seconds. So okay, 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 okay. Oh, I'll I smash you. Okay. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I mean, you can lie all you want. What? I mean, I'm like a champion. I need, yeah. I need compelling, hard-hitting uh, analysis. Mm. All right. So actually, okay, I, I'll actually try. And, and I should not interrupt the fish, or should I? No, don't interrupt the fish. Okay. I'll let, actually let try. You can laugh, obviously, because yeah, it's yeah. going to be. Mm -hmm. a, I will a actually fun try time. to make sense of like how Garen could be used. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, like I'm interested as well. Yeah. I'm still playing screams. You know, players are yeah, not there. We can still champion. test stuff. So. All right. Are you ready to fish? Yes. And it's thirty or one, 90 seconds rather starts now. So first of all, we have to look at Garen's kit. There's actually a lot of really good things for competitive play. There's a silence. How do you count the silence? You can't, so that's already overpowered. Executing ult, amazing when you're finishing off a target. Uh, damage reduction on his W, great. Wave clear on his E, he brings everything to the table you actually want from a champion. Now what I like the most about Garen is the amount of cheese you can do in the early game. Because imagine Spellbook top lane Garen. Starts with smite in the game, steals enemy red buff, and level two, he just goes all in on the enemy mid laner. How do you counter that? He has a silence, he has a red buff, he has a flash. That's a guaranteed kill already. Garen is ahead, he goes back to top lane, and we all know Garen can't lose lane. At least I've never lost lane on Garen when I play him. Uh, you just can't kill tanks, that's a bit of a problem. But let's say he's against a squishy target. Right there, you play around the Garen lane, all in for ganks, silence E, no one ever escapes, he runs you down, gets level 6, you tower dive because you can just reduce damage from turret, and he becomes a snowball pick. Late game, have you guys ever tried full crit Garen? That is insane. If you ever get into the team fight with full crit Garen and you don't get CC'd by anyone, you can actually one shot, one shot basically two carries at once because he can spin and deal AOE damage. So I think along, as long as the team can play around Garen early, have CC for him in team fights to go in and he can go full crit, Garen can carry games. There you go. I'm convinced. It's I will there play you play oh Garen and hope also, no Fager told me he's gonna play it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was my yeah. argument. God damn it, Tafishio. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fantastic, Tafishio. A lot of a lot of components that argument the red buff spell book, the the full crit, and he still gets the crit. Nobody from the CCs you. It's like <laughs> nobody, nobody pushes their buttons. You can kill anyone. All right. 
I'm. I mean, that's good. Yeah, that's that's a, you are good at there. talking, Deficio. I, like, I will, it will be difficult. Yeah. My Since job we, is basically lying to everyone all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, my job is actually trying to be truthful to my uh, teammates. What all I right. think is good. Let's. And not, and, yeah. I want you to show me that truth yeah. right now. You have a minute and thirty seconds, Yankos. I mean, to it will be a bit difficult. I'm not good at talking so fast English as Deficio, okay. so I, I'll try okay. my best, are you guys. Ready? I'm ready. Yeah, are yeah, you yeah. Ready? And go. So obviously, Amomo is one of the best jungle picks. Why, do you ask me? First of all, you can build him AP and full tank. You cannot build AD Amomo, but still. Also, his E is a passive that deals so much damage. In my <laughs> like, so it's insane damage. It also reduces the damage from the monsters. So not only you cannot die in the jungle, but also if you, for some reason, go 1v5 in the fight, all you have to do is soak everything. And then, you know, if you soak the auto attack damage, you will just E, 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 and then you will kind of smash everything. His ult is AoE stun, AoE hold actually, but it's so big that you cannot miss it. Even if you are like probably the worst player in League of Legends, you will still play Mumu to his probably the best win condition, which is you know five melt in a team fight. If you go full AP Mumu, you can one shot everyone. You know what's the best about Mumu? You can Q flash and you can also ult flash, and you cannot miss those abilities if you do that. Also, his W is a person damage in the jungle, so you can kind of farm really well, since uh, right now what Ryo did is, you know, nerf all the AP junglers and they're all really useless and you really don't want to build the AP enchant, so all you do is go Cinder Hulk and you are unkillable, pretty much, you know, also he, he needs friends. So that's why people kind of, uh, you know, walk into him and if you walk into Amumu, you just die. And uh, yeah, I just think this champion is pretty broken, I know. Right. And also ambition that, you know, world champion told me that is good. So, yeah. Oh. Ooh, that's, that's ambition. You does ambition beat Faker now? I guess it does. I yeah. mean, you know, last time he won, so yeah. I don't see why not. I guess not. I got one-upped. I think you got one-upped, dude. Then what beats ambition now? No, nothing beats ambition. But so here's the de deciding factor for me. I think, I mean, it's hard because the Garen argument was good. But <clears throat> what ultimately sold me was not the argument, but it was the passion Definitely from Yankos. True. I didn't hear you get fired up about Garen, Deficio. <laughs> I, I, this man over here, I'm convinced that he legitimately believes that Amumu is insane. I will have you know, though, that you can easily miss Amumu ult if you're really bad. Yeah, that's true. I've seen a lot of people miss Amumu ult. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, you know what? It's, it's not true. I no, didn't, yeah. <laughs> this is outside the 90-second argument period. Your arguments, unfortunately, are invalid. Deficio, I apologize. This week's winner of Viable is Yankos. For sure, it's uh, like Amumu is pretty hard champ. Like, it's actually easy, but it's hard at the same time because you need to skid your skill shots. And that's the yes. hard part. Like, if you are playing, um, let's say, Volibear, you don't need skill shots. That's why I might play Volibear this week since... I just, <gasps> yeah. Revealed on the podcast ahead of time. <laughs> I mean, it's just so easy, right? It's easy champs are something I should Remember, that's play, not yeah. the, uh, that's with the sparkling. That's, that's sparkling, right? Yeah, it's water. That's, All right. Okay. Well, that's okay. <clears throat> so, Yankos is the winner, guys, as we get ready for our next segment. Uh, if you enjoyed, I feel like this was raked from the start. If you enjoyed this segment, let us know on Twitter. And if you have any suggestions for the next list of four champions that should be used for guests to pick from, let us know using the hashtag viable, tweet at me or Deficio or Lolly Sports. Any of those are going to work. But that actually, is going to do it. I have oh. another argument. You know, Amumu <laughs> is actually played in bronze. So yes. a lot of the bronze so people Garen, will man. like me. Okay, okay. I think Garen's played a bit less, no? <laughs> what do you think? Uh, the, like, like, uh, hold on. I really think, think that I'm not spending in a, 20 minutes of a podcast talking about Omumu and Garen. We've already talked about Yankees. Uh, yeah, that's why, we, that's why we limit it to 90 seconds. It's boys. true. All right. All right. All right. Viable is done, Zell. Let's go on to the next topic. 
All right, gentlemen, next topic is patch 8.4. We've now officially had one week on it. We've seen uh, some changes to the meta, some mandatory item purchases, some items removed. But since we have a jungler here today, I thought it would be good to start by talking a little bit about Tracker's Knife. Uh, so Yanko's, Rest in peace. Yeah, it's gone. How, how do you actually feel about this change, Tracker's Knife being removed, wards kind of being taken away from junglers? Uh, personally, I don't mind. Why? Well, I'm a fan of red and blue smite. I just don't like to build green smite, but I had to because that was the meta. Mm -hmm, and, you know, mm -hmm. you couldn't really go red smite in the CS, but now you can, so I'm really happy about it. The one bad thing, though, is that Perks is a crying little... Baby? Little brat, yeah, baby. And um, he doesn't like the fact that there is no wards from the jungle. You know, jungle is more of a kind of carry law now. And you got a ward in Tringit. You yeah, you have for a, him. exactly, and he has one as well, right? Yeah. So why would he need wards from me? If he's good at the lane, he will win it anyway without Agreed. vision. I agree, hundred percent. Right? All you have to do is just have game sense when to all in enemy yep. with like all you know when the whole map is. I bad. didn't hear Faker cry when I talked to him, so, yeah. so I think that's just not good enough. A Garen mid pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One it. thing that it bo bothers me is that leasing is. I mean, people talk about leasing not being good anymore since you know they removed Tracker's knife, but I actually think it's not bad. Um, you can still go blue or red smite only, and. Uh, you can have the mastery that reduces the trinket cooldown uh, and you know you hop with trinkets and pinks and I think in season 5 or 4 there was uh, you know you had to actually build sidestone or you had to buy wards to Hop, yes, hop. listen sidestone. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Listen sidestone was a normal thing, but even before sidestone, you still had to buy words mm -hmm. back yep. in the day. Yep. So it's kind of you know since I'm a veteran player, I remember where I had to spend 75 gold to actually jump. And, you know, for, for my ability to be useful, I had to, like, pay, you know, 75 gold. <laughs> so it was pretty crazy. And right now it's kind of similar, but you still have trinkets. So I still think this thing is kind of fine. Maybe not as strong as some other Reds My Jungles, but I, I would say that maybe he will be played a little bit. Mm. So you said, obviously, that it's becoming more of a carry role. I mean, last week we still had Sejuani, Zach, these kind of things picked mm. the I most. was playing Skarner, zero for Skarner, in fact, and I was playing Sejuani as well. Yeah, so, like, do you actually think we're going to move away from some of those pure tank? Like, no, Skarner's not a pure tank, obviously, he's a good duelist, but, like, Sejuani and Zach are, like, more the pure tank junglers. Are we moving more towards Jax and these kind of things becoming the best picks? Or will Sejuani and Zach still be the best, despite no, like, you know, Tracker's Knife? I mean, we have to realize that Maybe people don't like tanks. Maybe they feel like uh, we want more carries in the jungle. We want Lee Sin Elise or, you know, Kazik back. But what we also have to realize that is that um, Zach is pretty OP if you don't have vision and he can jump on you from <laughs> yep. every angle yeah. on the whole map, you know? So I don't think we will see Zach or Sejuani not being played. But I just feel like uh, if Sejuani and Zach are out, then you can pick so many different uh, so many different champions right now because it just seems like uh, if you don't build wards and you have red smite you can just duel everyone but mm -hmm. i saw in na i think na jungles build way more blue smite over red smite and in europe we prefer red smite so in europe we kind of have balls to um, fight people and that's why we need red smite because we know we'll be fighting meanwhile in na they want to gank people so they just blue smite yeah feverven talked about this is an interview i think it was about two weeks ago and he said that european junglers are all like i'm not sure he said hate each other but at least there's more rivalries and you really want to like destroy this guy who's been trash talking or whatever so they're like way more aggressive at fighting other junglers and so they're like trying to carry the game and be, be dueling a lot is which that, does fit their skirmishes i mean is that well, let's actually like talk about that same because that's interesting. At, at any point in your competitive career, have you been like, I'm gonna play a champion that kills people because I want to kill this this other jungler? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's okay, okay. It works. It's nothing better. Okay, if a laner, one v ones, other laner, that's something you can expect, because you know it's laners, they fight twenty four seven. But if a jungler just goes into an enemy jungle and finds him and kills him, everyone is happy because at this moment you play five v four on the map, and there's nothing that can stop me or or help enemy laners because you know what? Not only I'm in a jungle, you know toying with their jungler and kind of slapping him, but also I'm grabbing their mid lane by boobs. So yeah, there, there's nothing they can do. I'm behind them, but in front of them as well. And it, it, Full yeah. control. I Full remember control, actually yeah. when that happened to you, uh, I am Katowice, when you play against Flash Wolves, and Casa did this to you, where he basically uh, wrecked you completely in your own jungle, took every raptor, and then after the tournament, you returned to Europe and you were like, I have learned so much from playing against Casa. Apparently, whenever Raptors spawn, the camp that gives the most experience, you should be there and fight for it. And it was amazing to see all European junglers shift based on one tournament, something where you actually like, that should be pretty obvious, you know, mid lane control, grab enemy Which raptor. Is of course, camp. why we had explicitly talked about it before as as a broadcast. Yes, of course we had. Of <laughs> course we had. That. But I, mean, I remember Casa doing that to you and actually carrying the game. Yeah, but I did it. I mean. At that moment, in that game, I knew about it already because it happened in scrims uh, throughout the week and it happened before in the matches and we all knew that, you know, pushing and invading is important and that's what we use against Fnatic next week after I... Yeah, you did. And since that game, I didn't beat them for one year now. But good times, I destroyed <laughs> them that time. And <laughs> what matters is that, yeah, I won back in the day and um, I also... After that tournament, started timing jungle camps. I realized that maybe it's useful. Oh, you didn't do that before? No, I was really lazy. Mm. But as you see, that's a thing. You are kind of lazy and you don't do it. But you should do it every game, but you are lazy, so you don't. And right now, I still have problems with it. Or I don't have problems because adding, like, let's say, two and a half minutes to every camp you take is not that difficult. Um, let's say it's seven minutes and then it's 9.30. I, I still have to practice sometimes, but um, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of natural now. And uh, it's really important to kind of know when enemy jungle comes spawn, mm. yeah. And your, your own comes as well. Okay, so basically... Uh... We talked about, you know, Tracker's Knife gone, still tanks being played. And then but you insulted Yanko. Then we, then we <laughs> chatted about Febivan's point about the European junglers yeah. want to beat the other jungler real badly, more skirmishes, uh, Red Smite in Europe. Uh, tanks are still going to be there, but otherwise a ton of carries. Uh, when it comes to playing as a team without Tracker's Knife and as many wards, mm. like, what kind of difference did you notice the most there? Uh, I, I noticed that uh, if you give up Nash, it's not good. That's definitely not smart. But uh, that was not smart before either. Yeah, that was not. <laughs> obviously, that's made worse by the other change, which is banner. I mean, it's and just we'll that hit banner in a second. Yeah, like ahead. I know it's really difficult to play passive matchups now. If you if you go for scaling comp, and I learned that through really hard games on the last weekend. Uh -huh. If you go for full scaling, and you cannot stall the game, the game is really difficult. And uh, when we played against Splice, I felt I felt like if we knew that the minion, the material Wawa, uh, can uh, destroy <laughs> the banner minions, then we would price stall the game more and maybe we could win that game as well um, and we learned that uh, fortunately against Giants and we, we were able to stall the game through two Nashors and one Elder which was pretty good and then you know late game came and poof, also just... thanks to Giants for not just legit tower diving person yeah, out of flash and kill that game. is good that, yeah. that is true that, that probably is, helped us that well. was a point yesterday in our conversation after screams where you know we, we could lose that but you know <laughs> if, you, if, if you win a game when you know you are 10k behind then enemy like yes. made mistakes you know yes. and 
that's how we lost against Fnatic. We made mistakes. So mm-hmm. basically, I just think that without Tracker's Knife, for sure, the early game is more interesting. And you can probably pick uh, different jungles right now, since if you don't go for Sergio Zak, um, if people go for, let's say, Kha'Zix or Lee Sin or all those carry jungles, because they, they want to play carry with like red, blue smite, you can also go for like some Ivern or some supportive jungle picks. So, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think the patch is good. I think the fact that uh, we have a different style of play right now because everyone is going for more early game mm. um, is kind of correct. And it's just, yeah, uh, pe- people like to see that for sure, you know? After all the ardent worlds and everything where you just pick tank everywhere, <laughs> yeah. Bave yeah. the carry. Yeah. Um, I'm curious though, one thing that was like, there was kind of a debate as to whether or not, you said the early game's more exciting, but there's a debate as to whether or not removing green wards would make, or the green smite would make people more passive or more aggressive. Do you feel like people are willing to play more aggressive without even, without division? I mean, it's not like people are willing to play more aggressive, it's just that they don't see you. So even if they are playing passive, you will abuse someone, you know, because you just have, let's say, in League of Legends, you have champions. And minions and towers and drakes. And ah, <laughs> that's what we got. And that is game. why you can just punish people. <laughs> no, but in League of Legends, there is like a correct play and incorrect play, probably. <laughs> by the kind book. Of all, <laughs> by the book, yeah. And, you know, if you play well and you play around the minions and you play around your tempo, even if opponents are playing, let's say, you know, passive, they are probably playing incorrectly and you can still get kills or get objectives, you know, mm-hmm. and at some point you will bait them into doing something and then you will kill them because if they give up everything because, you know, they are not, they, they are not willing to fight or they are not willing to contest the vision or they are not willing to do anything, then, you know, we are just you have pings all over the river, all uh-huh. of your lanes are playing really aggressive, you go into an enemy jungle, he cannot do anything, so I just think that with removing the smite, even if people don't want to play aggressive, they will just lose the game because they just don't have any vision. And if they are not willing to fight for the vision, they will, you know. Yeah, so that's actually why I think um, one of the reasons we have aggressive games, mm. despite less wards, is due to the Baron buffs and ban of command. Um, if we had the old Baron buff, so just the one before 8.4 hadn't been changed at all, banner hadn't been hotfixed or anything... We saw a lot of games where people would get Baron, do nothing with Baron, we would stall the game even further, they would do that three or four times. Then I think we could see the passive teams actually work better, because losing Baron wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. But I think the combination of having way less wards you can place, a Baron buff that is pretty insane if uh, if you get it as a team plus the banner, that is the combination of those two things that means, okay, you can't actually afford to play just pure scaling against good teams. Yeah. Um, I think if we just had only one of the changes, we could see more focus on playing for late game. And then maybe we would have more passive early games because people couldn't see anything, so they got scared. And they're like, it's safer. Uh, Dylan Falco talked about this in his interview. Uh, he said, like, in best of one, sometimes it's just safer to just draft a scaling comp and and kind of know that the enemy team is not going to be able to execute and snowball the game. So you just you're just always going to get to the late game. Yeah, that's what fanatic. Yeah, that's what fanatic yeah, is yeah, doing, that's, right? That's yeah. the um, over so again, right? that is a little bit riskier now due to how good Baron is. But technically, uh, if it wasn't for how sick Baron plus Banner is, that. Is I mean, correct. I think second Elder Drake is also a big thing, but it just comes. But so takes late. so I mean, long. I mean, yeah, you're already there. at late game when you're. Then you're in the late game. Yeah. You have four to five items on your carries, Victor, Civil, whatever it is, and you can obviously fight for the Drake because at that point, being 10k gold behind, 
probably doesn't mean that much. I mean, that's yeah. what happened to us, kind of. You know, against Giants, we were so behind, but we knew that if they get the first elder, it doesn't really matter. If they get the second one, we lost the game. So what we did is that, you know, we gave up everything and then just fought and we won and they trolled a bit, but we trolled before that. So <laughs> the important thing is, though, that still, even if you are getting really outscaled, there is second elder. And even yep. if it's a 50-50, there is chance you will win the game based, based by just getting that Drake. So, I'm, you know, when the patch hit and when I saw the LCS and everyone was building banner and the games were ending 20 minutes and whoever got the lead was just ending the game, I felt it's kind of too, it's too much, you know, like maybe one of the changes was good, but maybe both banner and, right, uh, and, Baron, uh, and Baron is too yeah. much. But now when I look at it and when you can use the item to destroy the banner, banner minion, I actually think if, you know, the team is smart and wants to stall the game, he can still kind of stall it um, because you just need that item and you can probably stall, like, two 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 stacks is one Nasher. Um, yeah. And it's just kind <coughs> of, it's still possible to st stall for probably, like, one or two maybe maximum of Nashers. So you can still go for, like, 30, 40 minutes game uh, if you want to play it safe. But also, the the winning team is more rewarded for getting Nash. And, you know, if they don't let you walk up to the to the cannon, you will not be able to clear it. And then, you mm -hmm. know, you will think it. So, I, I don't know if it's healthy for the game. Maybe I would nerf the Nash banner minion to, let's say, take the inhib turret in not 8 hits, but let's say, like, you know, 12 or 10. Yeah, yeah, a little nerf. Yeah, a, a little not nerf. Not a big one. I think it's, it's kind of good, though. I, I like changes. I, overall... I like League of Legends for not being stale like that much. Like we, even though the champions being played are usually similar, then the game still changes. And you know, some people hate it because we as pro players have to adapt, and uh, it takes a lot to you know spam the game twenty four seven to like learn mm -hmm. new champion or to learn the game over, all over again. But I actually don't mind the changes right now. I so this is this is my concern, right? And I'll, and maybe I'm wrong here, but the thing that I don't like is that we're in a situation where supports and top laners basically have to build banner, right? I, I think it's fair to say. I think we've seen some people not do it, but I'm under the impression that generally they have to. And also we have a situation where people are forced into taking the minion dematerializer as a, as a mastery. And I feel like if there's one item that multiple roles have to build every game and one mastery that multiple roles have to take every game for this one specific interaction, that feels like a little much to me, right? Like that feels... Like it's clearly too strong, and even yeah, if teams yeah. are starting to learn to play around it, it doesn't. That doesn't feel like a good thing in the meta. No, I agree. Like uh, I think that's why I think nerfing um, the how good the minion is with when you buff it with banner, as mm -hmm. as Jengus highlighted, would be a good way to do it. it. Doesn't have to be like an insane nerf where you just completely kill the item. Because I actually like the item being there because mm -hmm. it does add more to snowballing. It's kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, and we, I mean, the first patch we had coming into LCS, we had 50, 60 minute games because no one could finish the game. It was just wave clear versus weak Baron minions and you could just stall forever. So I like Banner being in the meta, uh, but obviously it is a little bit too strong because Dematerializer does have a range on it, which again yeah. can get punished. And I, I mean, think one thing teams and some European teams messed this up really badly and they're going to learn this for this week. Like, they would like split up with the banner and be like, ah, let's go 1-3-1 one, one, and put banner in the mid lane. And it's like, no, because now the support just walks up to the banner. No one can kill him. Banner is the strongest champion yeah. on your team. And he just dematerializes <laughs> it. Just five men together on that cannon or at least four members and stand in front of it. And then if the MT wants to fight you, because you ideally are ahead at this point in the game because it's the first baron, you've been able to get it, you fight them. Like, you just fight them. But European teams, especially something I noticed in Europe, are so scared of towers when they shouldn't be. Mm. Like, 25 minutes into the game, if you're ahead, you have an early game comp, you have already picked up Baron, and you are standing at the enemy in hip turret, and you 
some teams are like, I don't want to stand in front of this cannon because I might be too close to the meter, so I'm just going to stand behind it instead and like cheer it on. Be like, yeah, go cannon, you can do it. And then of course it dies and you don't snowball. I'm like, that turret in front of you, your tank can take so many hits already at this point in the game. Especially that the warmog is in the game. and Exactly. I yeah. just think that um, like, just when don't it comes afraid to of it. banner being OP, it's just every... You know, we have a meta and in the meta there will be something overpowered. And that's how normally like mobile games or like even if League of Legends works, right? Previous worlds uh, or previous year, like 2016, we had uh, e-girls, I mean, we had uh, buffing supports with Ardent Sensor. And for me, I was really, really displeased with that because I'm a jungler and I cannot kill AD Carey uh, that yeah. gets so much lifesteal and, you know, the item was so cheap and he would, like, you know, the item was nerfed so many times and right now it's not being played that much, but back in the day it was so OP and no one could see it, you know, and I would talk to Che like, hey, Che, maybe you should play Janna and she's like, ah, I will play some, you know, Brown. <laughs> and uh, back then, you know, everyone w would think melee suppers are good, but the truth was that Janna was just yeah, yeah. so broken and Arden Sensor Janna yeah. and, yeah, and, and right now it's you know same with Banner and we build Warmog every game that will get nerfed soon and we build uh, you know there was uh, I remember uh, Black Cleaver meta and there were like AoE Smite meta like in every meta <laughs> there will be something OP or something that will just be played every game because it's good and I think we just have to get I mean we should already be used to that and um, our fans should be as well because right now it's like brief of like uh, I mean um, the, the some fresh wind in the in the scene since uh, the games are ending fast and when the other team gets dash people force fights you know instead of yeah. just hugging yeah, the yeah. turret they force fight that and part was good that that's what that, that's what people like to see they like to see fights they like to see something exciting uh, they don't like to see you know 60 minutes games where it's five kills and the uh, severe has you know one one th over 1000 cs I, I don't want to see that either so i think that's yeah it's it's a good thing you I know agree. maybe a little hot fixes or or maybe a little tweaks and and yeah the yeah. The, the, the game is good so yeah. as, as a final question to round this out we saw people already adapting to banner of the command already coming up with new strategies so just as a last point uh, how developed do you think 8.4 is from a meta perspective? Is it still just going to be this ban Camille pick Sion top every game, counter pick Sion top, play some different junglers, play around Baron at 20 minutes every game, everyone builds Banner Command, or are we going to start to see more and more kind of diverse strategies come out? Oh, um, so I'm obviously not sitting in the scrims, so I don't know what is developed there, but just from, from watching 8.4, different regions played, now SK is going to start playing it this week as well, we're going to learn more from that. Hmm. Um, I think what often happens is um, just when a patch hits, people figure out like the best one or two picks per role and they kind of dominate how comps are being built. Like Cyan is an example here where like Cyan is just picked in every game and there's certain there's a lot of champs you can't play against him in lane because he just wins lane then and then you're like, ah, my champs are useless. <laughs> uh, like teams are just going to start like banning Cyan. It's been like, you know what? We can actually pick five other top laners if Cyan is gone. So let's just get rid of Cyan. Five other picks are now available, and that can shift the meta. I think we might... If The problem is people feel forced to play tanks top because they can build banner. I just wonder if Cyan is banned. I feel like every tank top is risky to pick laning-wise. Maybe Cho'Gath also being the exception. But there is room for a lot of carry tops who could punish, like... Orn or could punish like a Maokai jungle. Mm. I could see some teams try and change it up and say, let's ban some of the best tank tops, pick a carry top laner and try and shut down this guy who's going to rush ban of command or get it as a second item and then just like destroy him because of it. And that could shift the meta around a little bit for top. So I don't want you to give anything away, Yankos, from your experience in scrims, um, but do you, do you feel like you're seeing more progress in people trying more things? 
I mean, for sure, even against us, Giants tried to clad top lane, which was, you know, maybe in the early game, it was really difficult for him. But later on, you can't do anything against clad as a tank. So I think that uh, people will start to figure it out. And especially, Sion is a new pick. And even though he has really strong laning phase, um, he doesn't scale that well in split push because people can still kill him. I mean, he's kind of safe and, you know, he's all this... Sion is good. Sion is a good champion. Don't get me wrong, but (laughs) there is ways to play around it, and I think people will, you know, figure it out Uh, when it comes to NA. For example, they don't build banner every game. Uh, from what I saw uh, from watching NA this weekend so I'm not sure if they are not on the hype train just yet or maybe they already figured out that uh, people can punish you too hard on lane if you rush this item but on the other hand the item is really cheap and it gives you good stats, statistics yeah, so that's it's not something really bad, like yeah. yeah so it's not a bad item you know it's it's kind of strong uh, that's why we see it every game that's why you know a jungle support and top lane can uh, all build it since it builds from you know edges and, and gives you good armor and CDR as well which is pretty important so um, I think we'll see new picks for sure, you know, uh, especially that uh, as long as we have, I mean, we have six bands, right? So if people target one role, you will obviously see new picks. And right now in the jungle, we see, you know, Volibear being played, Lee Sin being played, we see some Kha'Zix, we see still Sejuani Zag, obviously, but uh, we saw some Ivan this weekend in Europe, for example, on the top lane we saw Kled. Like, there will be people that are willing to try more and, and play the game more risky than the others. Uh, for example... Uh, us as uh, G2 we this weekend you know we didn't really try anything new we kind of fall back on the old oh, you guys uh, let's... so boring to watch yeah I mean we were cast boring both to... your games yeah I mean I agree with you I, I think we were boring to watch but uh, we kind of went with that because it's just how we were used to play the game and we thought that you know even with picks that are not the strongest early game we can still play the game well uh, but not only our picks were not like that optimal in the meta but also we were really boosted at like uh, tempo play and at other stuff. So uh, I'm happy that yesterday in screams we actually didn't d- didn't suck so much. Hey, good news! That's progress. Meta evolution. Yeah, I mean, board. yesterday I was getting spanked a bit by other team. I felt good because. I, I could I, I could I could feel learning, you know. I, I could feel that we are getting right, better. right. The right. spanking taught you something, and you yeah. felt like Got okay, it. you were improving because yeah. And then I walked up to Perks and the graphing bike. Yeah. <laughs> Can I was so back once a thing. All right, so our next topic is about you, Yankos. We want to know everything about you. Um, you've been around forever now. It feels like truly a veteran player. So let's go back to the old school days. Yeah. The I early should, days of Yankos. It's so sad, though. So, fun I've been facts. around forever, but I never won. Yeah, that, because we got to uh, We're going to get to talk okay, about okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anything. you That's said it there. Game. Fun fact. Oh, Yankos has never been in a final. Correct? Yeah. You've never made a final in yes. anything. I... I <laughs> I mean, not in Europe, LCS, yeah, but I want some DreamHack and... and yeah. Okay, 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 but like major tournaments... Oh, okay, leagues. so DreamHack, okay, I <laughs> see how it is, okay, yeah. Well, That's right. no, I, I, do I remember, did not win I remember uh, KMT, the old uh, full Polish, Polish lineup that became Rocket. You guys won DreamHack Bucharest? Yes, sir. Uh, before the promo tournament uh, in 20... 
14 or tw- late 14, 2013. 13, it, was yeah, for, it was coming to season four because it's back 18 then, now, right? 2018. Yes, yeah, so I'm so old. For wow. all the viewers uh, who came in the last few years who have not followed Jankos way back, 2014. He didn't always play for HK. Yeah, he did not always play for HK. In 2014, there was a full Polish lineup. They were called KMT. They entered the promotion tournament for season four and they 3 0 a very famous team, the Ninjas in Pajamas. With Nukeduck. <laughs> With Nukeduck. Mithy, uh, Zora Zero, uh, some big names back then, obviously, in that lineup. They got 3 0. Let's not talk about who the manager was of that team, it's not relevant. Uh, on, KM- on KMT, <laughs> we had Yankos Jungle, Vander was support, uh, top laner was a guy called uh, Sexus. Sexus, yeah, I think it's Sexus. Oh it was Sexus. Uh, Sexus, yeah. Sexus. This this uh, so hype. Overpower was mid lane, <gasps> who later became a top laner, but he was mid lane back then. And Selavar was the AD carry. Now these are a lot of names you guys probably will not recognize because they disappeared. Unless you are a Polish person. Uh, unless you're Polish then, then you are That's still true. probably watching Overpower stream. Yeah, Overpower is a, is a streamer now. Uh, the other two, Selavar and Saxus, I believe kind of disappeared. I mean, Selavar is still playing on the uh, Polish scene. Okay. Uh, you know, there was like a Polish cup going on uh, on IM last So he's active, he's active. Yeah, he's active. And Zazus just kind of went back to, to university after... Uh, so he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He's dead to us in esports. Uh, so this KMT lineup came in, uh, surprised everyone, 3 0 got picked up by Rocket 2014, mm. and obviously you guys were the full Polish lineup for uh, basically all of 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, Overpow was back then the biggest star. Believe it or not, people did not talk that much about Jankos in the start of 2014. Yeah. Because all Jankos was known for, and a lot of this was thanks uh, to D-Man, who actually came up with this, the old LCS caster, First Blood King. That was the one storyline we Thank had for you, Jankos. Thank you, D-Man. It's all I have left. I never went to finals. <laughs> the only thing we talked about with Jankos was the fact that he could play early game junglers, he could get first blood, and then he could try and get overpower fed. That was effectively what happened in a lot of those games. And overpower, he was the man who played Kale mid and Cassidy and carried everything. This Polish lineup, though, Jankos, how was it for you when you got into LCS the first time on that team? Because... Yeah, it seemed pretty fun, but also a little bit of a mess. I mean, it was really fun. Uh, back in the day, I obviously wanted to, you know, that was my dream to join the LCS. And when we finally did, and we started playing on stage, all I was uh, kind of hoping for is that we don't drop out after one split, uh, because we still had relegations back then. And the first Polish lineup that made it to LCS actually dropped out after one split. It was MYM. And then uh, afterwards... Uh, yeah, I just wanted to stay, you know, and I, I was not really thinking about being top one. I was just thinking about like not being bottom three. <laughs> so um, what happened instead, though, is that uh, at some point we were like first in the bracket and mm-hmm. also we were winning a lot. And uh, people people thought we are really boosted and we are winning because, you know, we are kind of lucky. But the truth was that we played really well with each other. I think we had a lot of trust in each other, which is really important. And you had unique strategies. I remember the Pantheon mid you guys ran. Yeah, Pantheon mid, Malphite top lane. Yeah. Yeah, his jungle yeah. was RAP with dead cabin. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was it was things we were trying in screams and they were never working. <laughs> but they, they for some reason they did work on stage because people first of all got cut off guard, but also we were pretty good at execu- executing those comps, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and yeah, back in the day it was it was really fun to play in CS. Um, 
being kind of a new player and not knowing how is the life of a pro player or you know what should I play and what's like tempo and everything like back in the day the league was such a different game as well and yeah it's it's kind of yeah people were very dumb so a lot of it actually came more yeah. down to like uh, good picks that people didn't know how to play against or like mechanics of like yeah. how good could you actually like play at least in 2013-14 we already know what's OP pick. But back when league started, like in season one, people didn't actually <laughs> yeah, know. Like, <laughs> people just were playing like what they liked, you know, <laughs> not what was OP. So, yeah. I'm curious, like, at what point do you feel like, because as long as I've been casting EU LCS, right, you've been like top jungler. You've never been even below top three, I would say, as long as I've been in LCS, right? Some people would argue you're number one. Some people would have put Trick up there during the G2 dynasty. Um when do you feel like you actually became like a really, really good jungler? That's a tough question. I think I was never bad at the game because I had good mechanics and that's because mm -hmm. I play a lot of the game. Uh, but I never really felt like I was the best either. Maybe uh, in 2014, uh, back then, uh, we would be really not toxic, but really honest to each other. And if something, if someone would screw up in game, we would be really loud about it. So back then, um, I didn't know my worth as a player. And I was really like, you know, if my teammates would be like mad at me because I screwed up something, I would get really worried and I would try to focus on it a lot. So maybe that's how I improved in 2014. It's and a then tough th environment. Tough environment, yeah. Tough Polish, you know, environment. And uh, in 2015, I uh, I had a different lineup, uh, which was still kind of Polish at the beginning of the year, but then became more like uh, English lineup. Yeah, because it became um, obviously Nukeduck joined the team. Mm -hmm. In Nukeduck joined the team, Overpow uh, got moved to the top lane. Yeah, and Zazus and Selaver uh, kind of uh, you know didn't play with us, and then we went with Woolite and uh, and. Uh, the famous Woolite. Woolite, 80 carry. Yeah, Woolite, I mean, Woolite is still playing and he's still the best Polish AD carry. Like, I really don't mind Woolite. It's just that he really entered me back in the day. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that's the thing. I really liked Woolite. Like, he was mechanically super good. He was such a nice person as well when I met him in the studio every time. Uh, I don't know how he is as a teammate, but at least when I met no, him he in was, the studio. No, he was a cool guy, yeah. Super nice guy. Just ran to, but then know, ran it down, down there. Yeah. It will always happen. And <laughs> it's like, yeah. we, we always talk about Woolite. We had a lot of famous uh, European so, AD carries. I, I <laughs> particularly loved Woolite when I saw him in like Challenger, right? Because I, I didn't get, I wasn't, once again, wasn't watching EU as closely during the era where he was playing LCS because people told me this, like, this guy's positioning will be bad. And like 90% of the game, I'd be like, what are you talking about? This guy's, this guy's a monster. Like, how is he a Challenger? And then once a game, like clockwork, he would just die for no reason at all. Was stepping yeah. into someone he didn't have and, any business um, stepping into. What I can say is that back then, since I came from the tough Polish lineup, I would be really honest towards people. And instead of trying to um, kind of make him not feel so bad about he, his mistakes, I would just kind of smack his mistakes in his face. <laughs> so you're was, a pretty toxic teammate. Yeah, I was. I was a toxic teammate, but I mean, I was not really flaming people. I would just kind of show them that they can improve. On something, right? By smacking it in your face. <laughs> like it on your face. Your fault. That's the thing. Is it's, it's such a fine line between being like, hey, look, you messed up. You need to fix this. And yo, you're boosted. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, so... Uh Good days. <laughs> but that, that lineup, obviously, because 2015, I remember there was, there, was, there was more hype around Rocket. Um, also about around you specifically, because you had a good 2014 year. Uh, and then we sucked. 
And then everything went to, like, it was really bad. Uh, but then for summer, you guys swapped out more members. Mm. Because Mr. Rallis became your AD carry. And Steve became a top laner. Uh, Steve became your top Steve, of Steve, course. Yeah. We gotta, gotta bring that one <laughs> and back. And then we were still kind of bad. But we are not as bad. We almost beat Origin in the gauntlet. Yes. That's close. And that is your greatest achievement outside of Worlds. You almost beat Origin in <laughs> that gauntlet. Hey, but uh, why are you... No, it's not true. I mean, yeah, well, it's kind of true. I mean... That was a great series. That, that was a great series, but it was only the gauntlet. And you know, I'm a third place player. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. always third place for my whole life. <laughs> but imagine if you had beaten Origin there, you could have gone to Worlds and the Origin team that made top four, you would have knocked them out. Yeah, that would be cool. That would have been pretty sick. And it, it was went, against Ven and Mifi. It was. All the way to five games, baby. And in the end, I never beat, beat but no one ever did beat Mifi anyway, right? When Mifi was there. Yeah, he tends to win most of his best of fives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I won the, I kicked him out of the LCS. And G2 beat him in the first final when G2 was in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There you go. So he lost something. So, Yangus, that was 2015, obviously, also still on Rocket. 2016. Yeah. H2K era. It's H2K begins. time. Mm -hmm. This was uh, probably. The highlight in terms of competitiveness mm -hmm. for you, for sure. Uh, obviously, with the like, there were Remind multiple me what was, HP lineups. The starting lineup. The starting lineup back then. Correct me if I'm completely wrong here, but you guys had Ryu mid lane because Febivan was actually on the team when he when HK qualified. Mm -hmm. to the uh, uh, LCS with the expansion tournament, but then he instantly left for Fnatic. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, goodbye, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> I'm gone. So it was, it was uh, you were the jungler, you had Oda on the top lane, Basically, ever since you were on H2K, mm -hmm. Rio was mid. Uh, bot lane from the original H2K lineup was that forgiven straight away? It was forgiven straight away with Vander as well, yeah. And Vander, so that was the that was like a star lineup with that the names. The the, following in the classic history of assembling EU super teams. That was definitely a super team being put together, but I could imagine that the environment probably wasn't the greatest. I mean, I think that. Um in 2016, all I cared about was winning since I was not winning in 2015. Uh, so I, I wanted to improve and uh, I felt like I improved a lot actually um, in 2016 because I learned a lot of new things I didn't know. And, and uh, you had probably as coach? Uh, yeah, and I had probably as a coach, which was, which was like always when you change a team and you have a new coach, I mean, at least now I can say it after changing the teams, uh, you know, mm -hmm. three, four times and the players as well, you learn something new. Like even if you know so much about the game, you can learn something new from you know another another guy or another coach or another player. Um, so yeah, the environment was kind of 50-50 because it uh, we were really emotional team, you know. Um, so that what made us kind of maybe I'm not sure if a week is a correct word word because we were still not a bad team, but it was really difficult to sometimes practice. Uh, efficiently and you know actually learning on our mistakes you know yeah yeah because like i just remember like we looked at the lineup and you guys were always at the top of the standings but you were never the best mm. and going into playoffs we always hyped up h2k we're like oh like this lineup is so sick you know like forgiven a to carry he's gonna smack everyone in the bot lane yeah because it's the best jungler in europe you know it's, it's all there and then every single playoffs in the eu lcs H2K lost <laughs> and yeah. never made the final. I think the closest like you got, awkward, but dude. it was every time the closest you got was that summer playoffs when you played five games against Splice. 
And the five oh. five NARS happened five the times. Five NAR versus five GP was that what it was? I think it was. It was you NAR played Rexi all five games. I'm not sure. Uh, like like in playoffs, I think back in the day also we thought that every game is really strong, and we would also only go for early game comps because we couldn't with that lineup we couldn't play for like a late game. We couldn't play. You could just win lane, win. So game. yeah, win lane, win game, and. Um, we didn't, for example, know that you know Kindred was broken and we would only play Graves, but Kindred was actually like a better pick. And then we had the same thing with Rek'Sai Gragas, mm. uh, which we you know thought Rek'Sai is winning every scream, so it's really good. But then on stage, Gragas is better because if there is no kills for 10 minutes, Gragas will just be so much stronger, you know, and, and kind of overpowered. So that's uh, also why uh, we, you know, won a lot of our early games because we always draft for it and we were not really good at Nash page, we were not really good at what to do except for like pushing a couple of towers um, and you know it didn't change really because uh, I mean we tried to change it we tried to learn and I felt like we actually did that's why we went so far in the end because you know we I mean we went as the second place to Worlds and yep. we went to semis and yeah for sure we did not play with the best teams but we played some good teams and uh, we were still like not bad at the game but yeah I mean we could not get much better with that lineup unless we would change our mentality. That's what I feel like. Which was probably not possible. Which yeah. was probably not possible at all yet. Yeah. That. It's curious though because you talk about being this team with very early game focus and I think, I mean, we talked so much about H2K on broadcast and I think people in general about H2K, probably the brilliant mind, the macro team, so smart. Do you feel like that was like a correct label? Do you guys feel like you were a really good macro team in the early game? Or do you feel like you were always like very focused on individual performance? Mm, I think we were focused on individual performance and Forgiven would usually win the lane really hard because he would like, you know, pick like, let's say, you know, Karma Caitlyn or, <laughs> yep. or Stand the enemy turret. Yeah, and, and we would just kind of like not leave enemy turret, which was, which was something we could do at that time. So we would grab some turrets and that's how we would snowball because we would just basically set him up, you know, like he would go for the, to the top, we would go to like Vision and Anhim, me and Vander, and it would work against like the most of the teams, right? Because if you, if you draft for it, you can actually play to push the turret back, at least back then when the turrets, like afterwards the turrets got buffed a bit, I think, but we also got more gold from it, but it was, I think, 2017 mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. something. Anyways, though, the point is that you could play back then Playing only around like pushing bot and just being around there and just pushing the turret and then your top lane would play tank roll and your mid lane would you know have push and and there was nothing opponents could do, um, but we were just not good at closing up the game because you know enemies would usually stop like the enemies that won against us usually would lose the early game but they would stall the game well and you guys we, would mess up a baron or yeah we would mess up a baron or we would not know how to push like yep. to their base or we would never dive like that's why yeah and and then our team fights were like really fifty fifty as well because. Um, it just seemed like not everyone trusted each other and instead of like being like kind of together and uh, you know moving as a unit we would just do solo plays so that's why our team fights were like always like kind of crazy um, which I'm happy really happy that right now in G2 and also in even last year H2K even though we were like you know top 4 only we mm -hmm. didn't go towards we were the 4th team we still kind of um played way better I felt like in team fights and as a team than we were in 2016. Okay, so you basically feel like the 2017 lineup became stronger than the 2016 because I mean I I, I think trust. that 2017 would I'm I'm not sure if we would beat the 2016 because 2016 would like I mean it depends on the patch as well, right? I mean we were bad I I would say that in 2017 um we still we kind of not gave up but 
we could have for sure we had mm, better like selling you know we could be so much better than we were but yeah, yeah more potential but in the end we were kind of like not good at the game like i felt like che for example was a bit lazy because he was so smart and so good but he would just not talk about like he would not talk so much in analysis or try to help his teammates and I feel like that's a good thing in G2 right now is that everyone's trying to help each other and yeah, everyone yeah. is honest with each other and everyone is kind of supportive and we are not um, you know it's, it's not even about like so people can be straightforward you can be toxic you can be toxic in a good way you know but you should always try to help your teammates and yeah. uh, actually like show them their mistakes so they can work on them instead of just shitting on them you know Now, the whole uh, H2K era, the two years basically, 2016, 2017, became super important uh, for this next little topic and this thing that's kind of been haunting you, which is their choking in playoffs. Uh, and no one expected you on Rocket to like win playoffs and, and go, go to Worlds, so that was different. But on H2K with this lineup, everyone was like, okay, this team should be able to make the final. Mm -hmm. Like spring, summer. I feel like almost both years that was the case. And this was also one of the Twitter questions, like Jad asked yeah, the question yeah, about... Yeah, I think, I mean, it's something that we've wondered about for a long time because it's, it's hard for us to tell, right? Like, at a certain point, when you lose this, like, when you go from playing really well in regular season, you start losing this consistently, especially when the format was, like, best of three, so it wasn't even, like, you're swapping from best of one to a best of series. I mean... Is do you feel like it was choking when you guys were like losing there? Do you feel like you played much worse in those high pressure games? What what was your kind of perception as to what went wrong? Mm, I just felt like to be honest, I mean it could be choking for sure. Like it, it could be me just playing worse uh, in playoffs, but it could be also the fact that I felt like we, you know, the games that we won in a regular season, we didn't. It, it didn't feel like throughout the season we improved much. It seemed like. A lot of the teams in 2017 and 16, like SH2K, we would peak in regular season mm -hmm. and you wouldn't actually improve for playoffs. And then if we would go with the same strat and with the same kind of, you know, level of play into the playoffs and team would actually work hard and improve, we would just kind of, you know, lose. And um, I felt like against Splice, for example, we could have won and we have been in the finals, but I was back in the day, I was really emotional and I felt like we we shouldn't lose the fourth game and the mistakes that we done were unacceptable because I would call every single one of those like in-game before it happened and it would still happen because people wouldn't listen or wouldn't focus. And, uh, you know, in fifth game, for example, I kind of not really ran it down because, you know, I don't mean to like run it down, but I just played really bad. Like in the fifth mm -hmm. game against Spice, I played really bad. And, uh, you know, Against and then I actually don't remember who we played against the, in the second uh, 2016 uh, summer. Oh, summer so was summer actually was splice, and, summer was splice. Summer was and splice. spring and spring was who I was spring? I don't, I don't remember, remember either. I don't remember but it was uh, Fnatic maybe or something um, or G2. I think we met Fnatic in the third fourth place, so it had to be maybe G2. It was a trend. Okay. Okay. Well, anyways, though the point oh, is oh, that it was Origin. It was, it was Origin. Yeah, it was Origin with Sven and Mifi, which yeah. is yeah. it was before Sven and Mifi. Yeah, they were, they were on the team. They were on the team. They were on the team. They yeah. Were on so the team. that was like the last season where they were really not that good in regular season, and then like super duper ramped up. Yeah, yeah. Playoffs. I mean, it was the team that had like brain compared to yeah. our team. How I felt like. Uh, so that is why also 
it felt like yeah we just didn't improve as much as we could have in the regular season and that's why our playoffs runs were uh, not so great but also you can say that I was choking and also you can say that maybe I just didn't play to a high enough level to actually carry my team because if my team is expecting me to carry or if I'm like a player that is really important in the lineup and I'm supposed to kind of play well and then I don't do anything to win the game or I don't lead the team in uh, well enough to lead, uh, to win the game then you can put it on me you know maybe I was just not good enough maybe I was choking or See, the thing for me about the whole Yankers choking, I think uh, 2016, you guys as HK, and I think you specifically did play worse in playoffs than you did in regular season, but it's hard as a jungler also if the other teams are improving how to play the early game, you know, they get better vision, they get better understanding when they can get ganked and not, it's harder to play a jungler, obviously, and your team, as you said, didn't really improve for playoffs. I think 2017, I personally felt like the choking in playoffs kind of died for you specifically because while you guys lost the series like I think it was 3-0 at least in the summer split mm-hmm. in the summer split we lost 3-0 against G2 yeah. and uh, it just at that moment it was already the team was broken yeah the, the team was kind of broken like we, we I mean we were trying but but it didn't feel like we are actually it didn't feel like we believe in ourselves and no, this no. is the worst thing that can happen to a team but from what I remember you actually played well in that series. Like, the team played super poorly, especially your bot lane, in spring playoffs as well. If people don't remember, it was like Fnatic destroying Nuclear and Che down the bottom lane. Like, absolutely destroying them, like, completely. And then you guys didn't lane swap when you could have, and they got destroyed again, and it was horrible. But I remember just going out of those series after 2017, being like, you know what? Yankers actually played well individually. But the team had already fallen apart and were just way worse than whatever they played against. So, to me, the whole choking in playoff for you specifically was mainly 2016. And I think in 2017, you actually did change that a little bit. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it is now. Because, like, that's just my opinion of how you played. Sorry to interrupt you, but I kind of, I mean, I'm not sure if I agree. Because I don't know if in 2016, it was choking or or me or us being bad. Yeah, I think it was a team thing mainly. um, I mean, if you had a good team it's easy to look good in the jungle, right? Yes. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Because if your lanes are winning and you play well around vision, you the jungle doesn't need to do that much, right? Like, he, uh, all I have to do is just be in the correct place at the mm-hmm, right time. Mm-hmm. But you can also carry from the jungle. But I just felt like through the, throughout the years, um, people with like less mechanics but more brain would just kind of become better because the game is more of a team thing. Every year, like every year, it just feels like the 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 game is just more about like team stuff. Hundred percent. And that's why I felt like the teams that were actually like good as a team would beat maybe the individual like skilled teams. You know, because people could say people could argue that you know Forgiven would be probably one of the best mechanical AD carries like mm-hmm. compared to like Sven or like Reckless. You know, even though Sven and Reckless are probably as equal skilled when it comes to mechanics but I just feel like Reckless and Sven um, just kind of know the game better and know what to do to help their teammates not only play for themselves you know and uh, that's why in 2017 uh, maybe we yeah I just felt like we stopped believing in ourselves uh, at the end of the split or maybe we were just too bad like maybe we just didn't know like we were so bad that we didn't (laughs) know what to focus on to be better it was like first time I heard 
I've heard like what is a called a tempo play and like tempo is in G2 in this year. So I know I learned so That's much. That's pretty bad. Yes. So yeah. I also just mean about the story of choking. I just, yeah. I just yeah, didn't yeah. feel I like understand. it was there last year for I mean, you. Like I didn't feel like for you personally. Oh, it was there. Actually, I wanted to address it, but I was talking today about something else. Is that also uh, we had a sport psychologist in uh, H2K. So I talked to him and tried to improve my performance when it comes to handling emotions on stage, handling emotions like in screams and just being in my always like in my prime or like in my zone. Uh -huh. you know? So maybe that kind of helped me as well. Mm. Mm. Now I'm curious now, like present day, now on G2, things appear to be going well. They were a little bit rough at first, but how, how do you feel about the G2 environment? You said you've now learned the phrase tempo, which is clearly <laughs> That's a, a, good phrase. a step in the right direction. Um, but you also talked about like, you know, not having confidence in each other, breaking a team. Do you have a lot of confidence in this, in this G2 lineup? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, for now, uh, it's not going that well, right? We are top two, um, and uh, this week we did not look good, but I think already yesterday we improved quite a lot, I would say, because I know per Perks is just a, a person I really like to work with because he's really pushing forward for us to improve because, you know, he was... I mean, he, he won, like, last four titles, so he just knows a lot of... That, like, a lot more about the game than any single one of us. Like, even the coach knows less about the game, I feel like, than Perks. And, uh, it and you know, uh, when uh, I joined G2 in an interview, I, would, I said that I felt like... Um, Wadid and Hernan are a little bit behind when it comes to game knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe I'm like a little bit ahead because I played in a better team and same goes for like uh, Wonderware. But, you know, obviously Perks was always like kind of the best because he just played in the best team for like such a long while and he would kind of uh, teach us the game. And now at this moment, we kind of try to teach each other the game and we kind of, you know, talk about the mistakes, talk what is the best, especially in this new patch when, you know, the meta changed and, and uh, you play the game a bit different. Uh, it's really important for all of us to give feedback and all of us um, kind of think how to play the game and not only like one or two people caring or shot calling, you know. It's, it's really important that you work as five and not as two or three. Mm -hmm. So that's why I kind of line the lineup because it just seems like all of us are trying to work together to actually achieve something. And that is probably the most healthy team environment I had in a while. Uh, but we will see uh, what happens after we lose, you know, because the, 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 <laughs> like, I mean, no, 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 no that we will no, lose. No, no, when you, but, if you lose. Yeah, if, if you, you lose, lose. exactly. <laughs> this is like the true test for the team. If you lose and you still have to believe in the lineup and you still have to try your best. And especially when you play for like, you know, play the gauntlet or you yeah, play yeah, the yeah. third for plays or you play uh, or, or, you know, you lost to, in regular season to Fnatic and then you almost lost to, and then you got destroyed by Splice and almost lost to Giants because for some reason you are playing worse. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just when you lose, it's a, a test for the team. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited to see how G2 develops. I'm glad to hear that this is the best environment. Healthy. That you have faith in the team. We'll see. We'll, talk, we'll check in with you. If the team does lose, and uh, it actually feels like you've been plagued by very, I'm going to call them toxic lineups Emotional in the past. Lineups. Emotional, Emotional lineups, lineups. That's a better word. Since you basically joined the LCS until now with G2, so that's going to be interesting for playoffs. I agree. I'm ready to see it. Same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is our playoff predictions. We don't think that this is going to be a big update this week, but there are some things that There's probably definitely need a change to be changed. So, as a reminder. We did playoff predictions on PGL, then we did them on the last episode with Kasing, and this is what we came up with. First place, Fnatic. Second place, G2. Third place, Misfits. Fourth place, Splice. Fifth place, 
Shalco no fear. Whoops. And sixth place, Unicorns of Love. Yeah, you said it best, Deficio. Whoops on the uh, on the. Yeah, because what do you think about this? Is it like a top? Uh, the playoff prediction which teams are going to playoffs? Yes, or? we made oh, okay, this uh, okay. before last week to say we think these are the six teams and the so standings. So after week nine. After this week yeah, I understand. I, I just thought maybe it's the prediction who will win playoffs, you know? And no, then, no, no, and no, then, no, then, no. then casting would say like, yeah, we are fourth place. <laughs> I, would, I would lose my <laughs> yeah, faith in that team. But uh, for sure, um, Schalke is not doing so well uh, right now. I think that they, for some reason, are playing worse on stage than in scrims. Like, honestly, every week. Honestly, screaming splice. I mean, sorry, Screaming Schalke is probably one of the most learning experiences you can have because they are not really going for the kills because, you know, it seems like Boris is really have the, like he has them on a leash and even, you know, if the jungle doesn't want to play uh, tanks, he will still play tanks and they, they are playing really well macro game and you can learn from them. Uh, but on stage, it just feels like they they are not playing bad. They are just not playing the great, the, the best, but also they make uh, one or two mistakes that just kind of lose the game. And, and upset, you know, and you can say, again, upset could be choking. People say that loud, but I'm I just sure. think yeah, that yeah. I just think that upset is. I know he's such a great AD carry, but it just feels like he makes this one mistake, you know. But also people are looking at him and people are saying like he needs to carry, but no, he doesn't need to carry. They play as a team. It's not his mistake that they are losing. Yeah, I think with Schalke, uh, the more I look at Schalke, the more I think about it, the more frustrated I get because again, I think there are so many things that could be good, but I think on stage they are trying to play too perfect. And I don't think you have to do that in Europe. I think you can actually, you can take chances, you can play more aggressive comps uh, and, and win games with it. I think Giants tried to do that against G2 and almost beat them, which you would say on paper that G2 should win against Giants every time. But Giants drafted a super aggressive composition and almost punished G2 with it. So that's something that I'm kind of missing, at least Schalke trying. Yeah. Because early in the split, the best Schalke game I actually watched was Schalke versus G2 Esports. Nuke Duck on LeBlanc, Perks on Zoe, back and forth game, insane fighting, Nuke Duck being a hard carry, unleashed, and like making stuff happen that you didn't expect to see. And that stood out to me of like, wow, I want to see more of that Schalke. But then the last few weeks, it's been very slow. Uh, I'm also not seeing Visichachi getting utilized at all. Yeah. And of course, the matter is tanks tops most of the time. But if you have Visichachi, the one tank he was always good on was Shen. Shen. Yeah, he was good. Shen. Because then you could force more plays and you could put Chachi in the fight. Mm -hmm. Now what happens is Chachi often sits in the side lane, typically on a champion where he doesn't have a lot of impact. He pushes his side lane, he roams to his team, says, guys, are we doing something? Nope, let's go back to the side lane. And like, try and put Chachi in a carry matchup. Yeah. When he played Camille, he did stuff. Yeah, but the issue is that if you put Chachi on a carry, you put Pride Stalker on a tank, and Pride Stalker... They do that already. They, they put Okay, they tank. do that already. I agree. I, I think, though, like in this meta, they can actually try to make Pride play more of a carry jungle. I agree. That could be another one. Right now, it's Red, uh, Smite, Blue, Smite meta, and also you can cheese way more. So I think he could kind of find himself in that meta. Just give us something where yeah. we're like, okay, it's not just a traditional cookie-cutter comp that wants to play slow, play perfect macro, you're not an LCK team, you don't have to be one, you can win games because you have some really good individual players who can play more carry champions and try and draft that way, at least on stage for once, because the current style is not working. But, but keep in mind though, it's on stage, people show what they practice in scrims yeah, yeah. and you cannot just draft aggressive match like you can, like for us even for us last week like we couldn't just draft aggressive like you know peaks because Change we, we did not yeah then. exactly start you need to first 
make the difference in screams and when you slowly learn then you can kind of adapt on stage but you cannot just randomly pick something else that you didn't practice because you will not be used to it and you will maybe play even worse yeah. than you did and it's actually sad because I love the fact that trying to play the, yeah. this style and I it mean, should I just work. think that people over people tunnel too much on, on the perfect game and it's always at the cost of like individual playmaking inspiration or individual talent like if you want to play the perfect game you need five players to play one exact role dependent on the meta but you don't have that you have Nuke Duck who can be a playmaker Vizichachi is a great Shen, and yeah, maybe Shen's not an S-tier pick, but if it's an A-tier pick, and Vizichachi can play it like an S-tier pick, just give him the damn champion. So, uh, Schalke, out of our top six, mm -hmm. no longer playoffs. I think they have to win every game at this I point. And they play against us. So and they play so against right. G2 Esports, so that's obviously <laughs> impossible. I mean, we were right. not that great, yeah. Uh, we not playing that I good. think we take Schalke out. Agreed. Uh, replacing Schalke in our playoffs, so we have Giants, Rocket, Vitality, I think Vitality and H2K. Sure, yeah. I think Vitality, Vitality is the odd. Back. I mean, because clearly they're going to get it, They right? bounce back. They bounce back. They almost beat Fnatic. They did win the first game they played as well. Uh, I forgot who they actually played against, but they did win on day one, which was a fine performance uh, from them. So we were we looked at Vitality with lost four games in a row and said everything has fallen apart. It's complete garbage. They're not going to win games, but mm. they actually did show good changes. Uh, I mean, I think Yamato Kano is a good coach and um, even though the team is losing, he can still bring some macro game to the team and he can still like kind of teach them the game, you know, especially that the meta changes. At the same time, though, a lot of the game, like for example, against Fnatic, I really thought they would win, but then we have the two unlucky smites happen from uh, God Julius himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn. Uh, so, um, but but it ha happened to everyone, and you know, without those two mistakes, they would probably yes. win. So for now, they look again uh, li like a decent team. Not the best. I would put misfits, uh, misfits, and fanatic for sure over them. Um, would but you put they are, above them? would I put splice above them? I mean, splice won against us, but I don't feel like splice is just uh, just like super good team. Just I think they are probably evenly matched. Okay. So that's my question, because right now we have Fnatic G2 Misfits, which I feel like is a solid top three, but then we've we've eliminated Shock, we've said we're going to put in Vitality, but are we putting in Vitality at like the fourth place slot, are we putting them in at the fifth place slot, what do we think? I think putting, actually the way I, I look at this is Fnatic 1, G2, 2, Splice 3, and maybe even 2 above G2, I can actually see this, mm -hmm. I said this to Perks in PGL, then Misfits Vitality coming in 4 and 5. And at the moment, I'm inclined to put Vitality 4th, Misfits 5 for how I think the actual playoff is going to end, like uh, how it's going to end after week 9. I mean, to, the, the, with you, I disagree. I mean, I think Fnatic clearly is the best team right now. and They're like they, number one. Not only they have great individual players, so they can actually play for early game if they want to, but also they have great, like, I know, Reckless Cups that are just so insane. Like, watching the, I, yep, really, yeah, they are yeah. so good. Like, we I agree, love them. Fnatic number one. Yeah, uh, Tell uh, me about why Spice uh, will not them. be number and two. And then G2, um, I think, can be number two. I think we just have to win a couple of matches, and I think it's not that difficult because we play... We play play let's say the um, mid-tier teams mm -hmm. and H2K, if we bounce Schalke. back to our performance before Fnatic game or even through Fnatic game we can for sure be number two number three I would put probably Vitality there I okay. just think that they will win a couple of games now I'm not sure who do they play but I, I really feel like they can actually start winning again now uh, I just do, I just don't feel um, like strong about their p uh, play of performance overall but I think they can be third uh -huh. I think the fourth team would be Splice yeah for sure Splice is a good team right now um, fifth team uh, misfits? Mi actually, wait, I forgot the Misfits. I mean, Misfits are... 
Misfits are so good. They are so good. They are so good on tempo. They are so, like Misfits are. Oh, I love Misfits. I love watching them. I love learning from them. See? Like Max is a smart them wrangler. Underrated and, last like week. Misfits are so good, Jesus. but at the same time they are so bad. Like they are so boosted. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, like they, they are losing games for absolute no reason. And I feel like they are playing well on tempo. They are under, they understand them uh, the game well. They also played this early game style before anyone else, yeah, so they yeah. are used at that. So they love. They, the they for sure room. are very really good team. And actually, never mind. Misfits are number three. Uh, Vitality is number. Uh, uh, four, five, fifth is Splice, and then sixth is out. Out bet unicorns or H2K. But unicorns have really, really f- tough like weeks yes. ahead of them. So maybe even G2, maybe even G2. Oh H2K, you go H2K. Oh, I mean, uh, sorry, maybe even G- H2K, and if not H2K, then Giants. So why H2K above Giants? Why H2K above Giants? Because I just feel like I like selfie. That's not a reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it just seemed like uh, when they picked up Shook and Selfie, they improved quite a lot. And uh, if they keep their face going up, 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 and they don't, uh, you know, give up free, like they, they, they just, they just won't lose for a reason, like for no. I mean, I feel like if they go zero two, they are done. So if they, maybe if they, if they lose even one game and they get depressed, uh, like they, they, I think this is an emotional team. And if they start playing bad, they'll just, they'll just be really boosted. But if they can keep up the performance, going up and up and up, I think they can be good. You know that they play you first match next week. Okay, they, they, they are not in place. <laughs> They're not in place. Okay, so basically, uh, some Giants. disagreements uh, around it. I am fine saying Fnatic 1, G2 second, Splice third, even though I actually think Spice could go even higher, but also just because I just want to make... No, I mean Spice... I just want to make fun of you and Perks, Hold on, hold on, yeah, hold on, hold on now. I mean, everyone was hyping us up and then we got destroyed. So Yanko, just, just to be clear, Yanko said Fnatic, G2, Misfits, Vitality, Splice, Unicorns of Love, I think was the one that you finally came up with. Martin, which one are you now referring to? You're now talking so about... So I'm going Fnatic first. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, come on. No, after, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm waiting, bro. Me, Just to my face, though. Look at me. Uh, after you told me about the improvements in scrims, I do believe a little bit more in G2, yeah, exactly, but... So. Because it's so close, for the fun of it, I'm saying Splice second. Okay. Oh my uh, they're winning games right now. They can actually play early game. Mm-hmm. I trust in Peter Dunn. I trust in Kissing, the best support in the world. Uh, third is going to be G2. Four is going to be Vitality. Five is going to be Misfits. Uh, and it's not because Misfits are not better than actually some of the teams above them. They are. They're just on stage to try and play these like mid-game comps and then they make one mistake in a team fight like with an Ezreal getting hit by a Cho'Gath with both summoners up Ezreal dies and then they lose Baron and then they mm. fall behind and get outscaled yeah, Misfits so Misfits guys. Misfits gets fifth number six is between Unicorns or Giants for me I am scared of Unicorn's schedule where they play all the best teams I said Giants right I said Giants you, you said a little bit of you said HK taking yeah, you Giants. Okay, what's your okay, six okay. What's your my, six? my six is Giants okay. I mean that's the safest bet because they they have I think two wins over anyone else mm-hmm. from like the bottom tier so. is it one or two wins they have oh god now I have to look it up guys. I think, because I think that, that's important for this one I think Unicorns are a better team than Giants but they have a really tough schedule as well. But okay. they won't, I think, four or Giants five, are six five and eight. Unicorns of Love are also six and eight. They're both tied. I'm going Unicorns of Love. They will get number six. They, they are the better us. team. They have Cold, who's playing super well. And I like Samick in teamfights now. He stepped it up big time. So that's my playoff. Okay. Normally, I'd make you guys fight for one. But I like that you're both completely different. So to recap, Yankos is... And you can correct me as we go, Yankos, if I miss anything here. Yankos is playoff predictions. Fnatic, G2... Misfits, Vitality, Splice, Giants. That's one through six. Now, Deficios is Fnatic, Splice, second place, Splice, third place, G2, uh, fourth place, Vitality, fifth place, Misfits, and sixth place, Unicorns of Love. I have a good question. 
Is Splice still playing Fnatic or no? I'm not sure. Uh, but if they do, there is no way they will win. Fnatic. Spice do not play Fnatic. Okay, okay. Spice have a chance. Spice play Miss. Actually, wait. Oh, you agree then with Spice over G2? I mean, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking. They are not up. Yeah, they are playing Spice well. Spice have a really good schedule. Actually, so do Misfits, to be fair. The Both thing Spice is, Misfits strength of schedule game. for Spice is really great. Strength of schedule for Misfits seems to not matter at all because they will just randomly lose to teams they should be beating really easily. <laughs> hey, you know what, official though? What I love about this season is that normally, uh, for example, our schedule is really good because we play both uh, Unicorns yeah, and H2K, yeah. which are the two bottom teams. Yep. But in this season, and everyone can beat. Too. Yeah, and, and everyone can actually beat each other because everyone is yep. kind of not bad. Everyone is kind of decent. So I'm really happy with that. Yeah, yeah I agree. I'm happy with it too. Good. I love that you guys are completely different. We'll lock those predictions in. We'll see how they work out. We'll come back at the end of the season to see how wrong you both are. Uh, our next segment is Twitter questions. You guys were kind enough to send in a lot of Twitter questions. We answered some at the start of the day from the G2 members. We've thrown in some from Jat. I think some. Very interesting ones have come in that we haven't hit yet, though. Uh, and so, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with one from at Darkoplax, who says I'm just gonna read the whole thing and then I'll give you the question at the end because he just he gave us a speech here. Oh yeah, he says I got a good question. He's called the First Blood King, but so far he only plays tanks! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Four Zach games, four Sejuani, three J4, two Skarner, one Nunu. What happened, man? Sad face. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Kha'Zix, Olaf, Warwick, Rexai, Jax, Camille seem all viable options right now. Why isn't he playing them? Uh, I just think that. We as a team work better if I can initiate the fight and that's what we sometimes base our draft on and we are not really good at snowballing, which we have to learn. So if we get better at snowballing, I can play carry jungles. If we don't, I have to play initiation more of a tank role. Is it also because you are a better overall player now and you don't just have to rely on being good early game to be a good jungler? I, I would say that. I would say that. I think I'm just... I can play the game without getting lead early, you know? Here's the question, though. Can you still play those champions if you need to for all the, the first blood king? Could you take Elise right now and, and get just, first blood every game? Just mess somebody up. I think so. I, th I mean, I'm. Uh, I don't know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so much stress now. Uh, I think I'm still decent at them for sure. I really want to play Kerry. Like, actually, like every day when I'm watching all the good. I mean, all the junglers, are, you know, Contracts playing Lee Sin, Svenskan playing Volleyball. Oh, yeah, uh, actually, yeah. Volleyball is a kind of a tank, but there's like some people playing carry, and I'm like, please, just, I really want to play something. Grabs, if you're listening, yeah. he it's needs to carry. Like, you know, Grabs was really excited because we actually had a draft prepared uh, for last week where I would not play a Skarner and I would play something else, and I was really excited too because I would not play tank, but it didn't work because they gave us, they, they gave us Skarner, but... So by giving you one of the best picks in the game, they actually messed up your draft. God damn it, zero for scan. No, but it was okay. If you are playing scanner against like Olaf Ult, Gladult, and Tamkench Eat, and ah, uh, it's yep. fine. It's yeah. fine. I, I kind of know how to play carry still. We'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. Hear that, guys? You might want to ban Skarner against Yankos, but you might not. You could see the secret pick. Is it just a mind game? We're gonna find out. Uh, next question. Oh man, there's a lot. Divisio, you did not. Tefisio pulled these for me, and one of these is like seven questions. That was the fun part. So pick okay, I know. I'm, not, I'm just going to read the whole thing, and I want you to answer one or two of these questions. Yeah, sure. I love Sheba's with a three instead of an E on love. says, how long do you think you're going to be able to play? What is your motivation? Any goals for your life? How many hours does it take you for, to, from start of playing a league to get to Diamond to tell Challenger? 
Okay, so when I started playing, uh, I just uh, spammed games and I actually don't know how many games I played, but a lot of them for sure. And I was really mad at me when I was losing. So, so I was really mad at myself when I was losing. Um, my goal in life is to just become a better person overall. And probably after League of Legends, like my uh, career wise, I would like to be a streamer. I would like to kind of be a public person. Um, that's why I'm also like uh, casting in Polish when uh, oh. I'm not going to Worlds. I always go to like cast in Polish, like the Worlds. Future because I don't go there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> I do that stuff. Um, do you cast the LCS final in Polish as well? Uh, you the, never go there. No, yeah, I, ha I still have to be there, so that sucks. That's yeah, true. I mean, I, I would prefer to just not be. No, but honestly, I, I just kind of, um, I, I think my career will still be long because I just spam games a lot and I try my best always and I try to improve. So I still think my career will be kind of long, even though it's really long already. But yeah, I have some uh, other goals in life, except for having a girlfriend, though. Like, I really want to focus on my career. So that's what I realized. No, that's, girl that's, girls. Like, no like, girls. That, that's what I realized yeah I mean this is another subject for another time I could talk about for a long time but I just what I can say is that I re I'm really focused on my career right now yeah that makes sense that cool. makes sense I like it thank you for answering the vast majority of that was impressive you answered them very quickly yeah too. that was good alright last question we're gonna ask is from at fanatic Kamiyi uh, who says is there another jungler that you would feel threatened by in the ULCS if yes who and why I think there's a couple of them I don't think there is one that I would fear the most. I mean, I, you know, if Trig would be in Europe, I would probably say Trig because he okay. was always the smartest one. Uh, you know, not only he's Korean, but he's also good mechanically and he was a, in a good team and good environment and everything. And he was always good. Uh, right now, I would say that Maxter is really good. Proxa is really good. I guess. Okay. So, so maybe that's it. And um, I feel like Julius is overhyping him way too much for like how he's playing. So I don't. I would not put Julius up there. I would just put I think uh, Maxwell and and uh, Broxa as like two like two really good junglers. So a lot of people actually criticize Broxa this split for his performance. I just want to know what is it you think Broxa does really well. I mean, I'm not sure if it's him, but I think uh, he is. He, if he wants to, he can be really creative when it comes to his puffing about how to punish people. Even against us, they double kill bot lane because of him, because of his puffing mm -hmm, on Skarner. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I called it, so yeah. <laughs> no, no, no offense. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I just think he's can be really creative, and also it seems like he plays really well with his team, and he knows who to play around to actually carry the game. Uh, when it and he also stole the a couple of times against Vitality and that made you know Julius lose the game and Brox up had three good smites and Maxlor I think he's just uh, he tries to be smart about the game and he tries to play good macro and he, he tries a to poor job at it. <laughs> yeah he, I mean <laughs> I think that he makes the team play on him as mm -hmm. one of the only few junglers in ULCS because right now the game is not about the jungle but he plays well with pressure he knows what's tempo he knows what to puffing to take and since he leads the game his puffing is also always good because the teams play the team plays around him well so I'm really happy with how Maxor plays and I'm always excited to face him even though we two old misfits I didn't really feel like I was playing much better than him alright well there you have those are your Twitter nice. questions for the week we'll ask for some more next week we'll try to get a few more in thank you to everyone who sent them in uh, genuinely appreciate it thanks for participating in the podcast process alright as our final segment and always it will be quick fire predictions uh, this is where I say a matchup one of the matchups coming in, in this week and I say go and they predict Deficio and Yanko's going toe to toe uh, weeks 2 through 6 the score was 29 for Deficio 26 for the guests 
uh, brought down wow. once again by Alfari. This week it was five to five because Singh and Fishio. Oh, Fishu, so it was a rough week. Even. I mean, you probably like predicted as a surprise. And I did predict. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that is sorry, man. That cost me an interview, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great interview, right there. <laughs> so three point deficit. The Yankees is going to try to make up this week to to keep the guests ahead of. Ahead of Deficio. This only runs till week nine, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have one more week. One, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. So we're going to get right into it. Um, so let's start. Giants versus Schalke. Giants. Schalke. You have to say go. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot. But what if you type the same? It's fine, right? That's fine. Okay. We just, we yeah. just, I just felt like I have to pick Schalke. Go. No, 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 okay, no. I still got to say Schalke. Vitality versus Unicorns of Love, go. Unicorns of Love. Vitality. G2 versus H2K. G2. H2K. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> that That's dumbest. We got three different Okay, okay, you're gonna have to explain that. We're gonna come back to that one. Fnatic versus Rocket. Fnatic. Fnatic. That was easy. Yeah. Splice versus Misfits. Splice! Oh, Splice, I guess? I yeah, uh, I, I have to go with Misfits though. Okay. Because like, I put Splice, you know, number two. I mean, they have to win this game. Alright, Vitality versus Rocket, go. Vitality. Vitality. Splice versus H2K? Splice. Splice, yeah. You think they're going to beat G2 but lose to Splice? Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, play, we, they, we lost to them, right? I mean, we lost to Splice. All right. Really. Misfits versus Giants, go. Misfits. Misfits, yeah. Could actually easily be Giants. Unicorns of Love versus Fnatic, go. Fnatic. Fnatic. Schalke um, versus G2, go. This is a tough one. I mean, I should say G2, right? I have to go G2. I go G2. You have to say G2. I I go G2. I go G2. Yeah, I mean, I have to say G2. I mean, you yeah. can't. You could, G2, yeah, yeah, G2. No, if you think Schalke is going to win, if you're you going to hard Schalke. end it, you can get Schalke. <laughs> well, if I didn't want to win, guys, I have to do that. <laughs> Schalke. <laughs> no, G2, G2. Okay. Oh, we got a lot of different There's ones. There's a lot of different ones. This could ruin my lead. Oh, I could get so far ahead. As the man who frequently engages in wagers, which of these matchups would you like to lay down the weekly wager on? G2H2K, easily. Like, if H2K wins, Jankos will lose this bid really hard. I will choke now. You're gonna have (laughs) That's a lot of extra pressure on you. That is, that is. And I agree that this is a pretty G2 favored matchup. So do you have some elaborate stakes on your end? I got a few options. Option number one is you have to sing a Danish song on your stream and we record it and clip it out. Uh, Option two is that you have to be on the analyst desk in the Danish onesie that some mysterious Danish fan used at All Star two years ago. Do you remember that? The full bodysuit with the Danish flag where you can really see your junk and everything? Oh. It is a skin-tight Denmark flag bodysuit that you oh, have to okay. wear on the analyst desk. Wear it on okay. the analyst desk, or the third one, my personal favorite, uh, you have to recreate the Danish uh, video of me cooking the hot dog just in the G2 kitchen. So it's a 30-second video. You got to say the same text just in Polish, and you got to make the hot dog, and we film it, and you have to upload it. I kind of like all of them. Well, you got to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Mm, I'm actually not sure. I'm actually not Dracos, sure. I think you want to be the I'm really bad at singing, uh, so Dracos, you have to choose. Okay. I'm singing really bad at, is gone. Like, out. Uh, no, no, actually, I, I think I'll take that. I mean, singing is the easiest one. Yeah, we have to sing in Danish. Yeah. It has to be like a Danish, like a Disney song How or you something. Okay, I, 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 will, I will go with the Danish one, but, but 
if I sing in Danish, I will like how do I talk? You know? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, so you want you rather do that? I mean, one? I would I the, I would like to do the first or the third one. I just don't know which one is better. Third you know, one. maybe the fun third school. one. We do. Third I don't know one. how we're gonna do it logistically. Or no we clue. ask we ask everyone who listens who got this far into the podcast to decide. We we do a vote if it's number one. Jankos will sing a I'm gonna yeah, say a Danish vote. Disney vote. song. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have to upload, of course. Or third one, you have to recreate the video I made for the ticket sales for Copenhagen. Yeah, sure. Seventh, uh, eighth, April. When, when this podcast releases, we will put a poll on Twitter. It will be on Deficio's uh, Twitter, and we will pull the three options, and you guys can pick what you want. Keep in mind, if we recreate the Deficio video, it will be absolute garbage. But it's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, bad quality. And yeah, yeah. you get to wear the... Because we have the jacket. So yeah, we have the oh, jacket. Okay. Okay. You get to you wear know, that one as well. what is cool though? I was actually in uh, cooking school. This Ooh, is perfect. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, so, okay. if G2 wins, Jankos, what should I do? Because keep in mind, the odds are pretty heavily in your favor, mm-hmm. but what is my punishment? I mean, to be honest, I did not think of a lot of punishments. I don't have three options for you as you had for me. I would just like your sausage. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, like the the, the, get it. <laughs> the hot dog, the hot dog you made in the hype video. I would like to make me a hot dog, like you, a Danish, uh, Danish. You want style. me to cook you a Danish hot dog? Yes. Or make you one. I mean, that I can do yeah. that. So I come to your house to do it, or I mean, you, ha- you can either come to our house, then you can do it at the studio. Maybe at the studio is even easier for you, since you know. You no, don't we're gonna really do it at somebody's to house. We're gonna make this happen. Yeah, we so want, we we want a nice kitchen. We want to record this moment. We want to make. I'll the- go to your house. I will make you a Danish hot dog. Okay. If well, you win, if you do go to our house, it's a shame to make one. So maybe you'll make a hot dog from <laughs> my hot. I will make six hot dogs. Six hot dogs. Oh, there oh, it is. For you guys. Six okay, hot that's dogs. That's great. Yeah, I'm up for that. All right. Yeah. We- just to recap, as we close out here, we'll have a Twitter poll with all three of the different bet options for you guys to choose from in the event that H2K beat G2. Uh, in the event that G2 beat H2K, Deficio is now required to go to the G2 house and cook for them. And cook for them make them one. Do you have a chef? Uh, we don't. We actually have a catering, so you being there will be a... Okay, cause, so I'm not competing nice. with an actual chef there, like <laughs> pushing him out of the kitchen to cook. No, you'll, you'll have all the kitchen for yourself. There you can you do whatever you want. G2H2K, that's going to be day one. That is this Friday. Of course, lots of exciting matchups coming up this week. EU-LCS. Thank you so much, Yankos, for joining us. Uh, it's been hype. Glad to have you. It's been also kind of emotional. It's been an emotional halfway day. through. Really? Yeah, a little bit. Like when we were talking about the old HK lineup and playoffs and these kind of things, I saw a little tea in your eye. Really? Yeah. That's so awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was cool to talk to you guys a bit. Yes. Great. Yeah. And uh, thanks to everyone who's listened so far. As a reminder, we're available on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Of course, if you've listened this far, it's probably a little late for me to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. And if you're still looking for an Android option, keep in mind, most Android podcast apps do pull from SoundCloud. So whatever app you're using, you might just be able to pull the podcast. Give it a shot. Until then, we will see you guys next time or talk to you guys next time. See you next week. Bye.